welcome to the Fox River Podcast. This season of Lent, we are focusing on a biblical theme while exercising a brief meditation, resulting in a spiritual resonation of our hearts and minds as we live faith out in our daily lives. Lent is a time to intentionally pursue an encounter with Christ in a deeper, more personal way as we anticipate the observance of Good Friday and the celebration of Easter Sunday. For additional Lent devotionals, download the Fox River app or follow us on your favorite social media outlet at Fox River CC. And now, your host, Pastor Bill Gunderson. Hey, what's up, Fox River? Welcome to the people in the room. Welcome to those of you joining via digital means. All right, this is the Pause for Lent podcast. This is the seventh and final Wednesday of Lent 2022. We're streaming around the world on YouTube. We're also streaming around the world via the Fox River app. Uh, and we're also streaming through VR, right? So we're going into Alt Space VR today, which is kind of weird and cool at the same time. So if you're joining us from uh, the virtual space, hey, how's it going? <laughs> hey, so um, hey, here's, here's a couple things. On YouTube, if you haven't subscribed yet to the Fox River YouTube channel, you're definitely going to want to do that. And you're also going to want to click that bell all right, because that'll get you up to speed on notifications so you don't miss a beat. All right, on the Fox River app, if you haven't downloaded it yet for whatever reason, hey, maybe you're just hearing about it. Maybe you are the person who's checking out the Pause for Lent podcast for the first time, and, and, and hey, no, no fault there. But if this is the second time or the third time you've heard it, you should have downloaded it by now. Anyways, just kidding. But download the Fox River app. And that's going to be a great thing and a blessing in your life, I assure you. Hey, I want to encourage every single one of us to share this Pause for Lent podcast with somebody you care about. More importantly, phrase it like this, share this with somebody that the Lord Jesus died for, all right, and resurrected for. Uh, God's got some good stuff for us today, no doubt about that. His Holy Spirit's working overtime. He's always at work just like Jesus, just like the Father, and you never know what God might do. Easter Sunday, right, the day that Jesus rose. The day that changed everything is coming up pretty quick, like four days from now. That's pretty cool. But we still have a couple days, and this is the good news in it. Like, oh, man, it's coming so quick. I got food to make and, and plans to make and, and all of that, right? But we still have a couple days to ready ourselves for the resurrection and allow God's Holy Spirit to prepare our hearts for that day that changed everything. And it did change everything. All right, listen, Good Friday, the day that Jesus was betrayed, the day that Jesus suffered, it was kind of like the night, right? The night kind of started in that culture, the night started the day, but Jesus was betrayed, he suffered, he died as a human being. Listen, Good Friday is less than 48 hours away, which is a good thing too, all right? We get to celebrate in the suffering that Good Friday means to us. Um, before we go any further, though, let's ask specifically for God's blessing today. Um, that he might bless this Pause for Lent podcast. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for today. Please bless this time that we have, God, allowing us and helping us to hear from you, Lord Jesus. Give us the grace to respond, certainly in our minds and in our spirits, Lord, but also with our bodies as, as we live our lives after these moments spent together with each other, but also with you. I pray that our lives would actually look differently, God, that you would do a, a beautiful work on the inside and that would manifest itself on the way we live. God, above all, we pray this, be glorified, Lord Jesus Christ. We pray this in your name. Amen. All right. In today's podcast, let's pause and let's reflect not on Christ's resurrection for our life, 
Let's pause and reflect not on Christ's suffering and death for our sins. Now, it's going to be sprinkled in there. It's kind of hard to talk about Jesus without talking about the gospel, right? So, so it's going to be in there, no doubt. But we're not going to like, focus on that exactly. But let's, let's pause and reflect on this. What happened right before his death, burial, and resurrection, even before his arrest, all right? Like, what happened immediately before his betrayal? Remember Judas, right? Came up to him and, and kissed him on the cheek, right? Remember that? What happened right before that? Before Judas kissed Jesus for the very last time? Let's take a look at Gethsemane. All right, Gethsemane. I'm going to read from Matthew chapter 26 just a little bit here to get the juices flowing. For those of us who don't have this memorized, <clears throat> here we go. Verse 36. Then Jesus went with, so this is like right after the Last Supper, okay? So they leave that, 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 that room and they walk down. For those of you who have been to Israel or your geography nutty people, you know, this is like he walks down the Kidron Valley and then he kind of goes up into this region where Jesus and his disciples is kind of like one of their normal hangout spots. It was this garden full of olive trees, all right? And it was called the Garden of Gethsemane. If you've been to Israel, chances are you probably have been in that garden. It's super duper special. Okay, So that's, that's the setting. They're, they're, they're after the Last Supper, and they, they make their way talking the whole time. And you can read different accounts of that. But they're, they're up in the garden now. So then Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, sit here while I go over there to pray. Verse 37. And taking with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, that's James and John, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then Jesus said to them, my soul is very sorrowful, even to death. This is God talking, by the way. Even to death. Remain here and watch with me. So Jesus is in a place called Gethsemane. Gethsemane means olive press. Any olive pressers here? No? I didn't think so. But olive pressing, you, you put it, I'll simplify it. You, you, you just, like, how do you get olive oil? You, you press olives, like, under a lot of pressure, okay? Back then, you, they used a ton of stones, like heavy stones, and just kind of let, let it sit on, a, on a, essentially a basket of olives, and oil would flow out, right? Jesus is in the garden of the oil press, which is super symbolic um, of what was going on spiritually for Jesus at this time. He's being pressed, right? And, and, and the oil, right? Oil of blessing, oil of, of health and healing, the things that we need, right? He's being pressed out of him, all right? This is like the beginning of the final suffering. It's not formal suffering because he hasn't been arrested yet. He's not being spit on and his beard plucked out. Like, that isn't happening yet, but he is definitely in anguish. And we're going we're gonna to take a closer look at that. But, but Jesus, right, he, he walks with all his disciples and, and they all kind of sit there. And then he invites, right, he, he invites three of them, his closest three, Peter, James, and John. He says, hey, let's just, just the four of us, let's, let's kind of go a little further. So he goes a little further. With them, and he, and he says this I want you to stay here. I'm gonna go a little further. We'll read that in a second. I'm gonna go just a little further on. Um, if you wanna get my attention, just throw a stone. You'll be able to reach me. Okay, but, but I'm gonna go a little further. You stay here and you keep watch. 
And watch is a loaded word there. Here's what Jesus is saying to them. I want you to, to, to keep watch. I want you to stay awake. I know it's late. It's been a long day. All right, I'm telling you a lot of things. You're really confused. You don't understand them yet. You will, but you don't understand them yet. You're just kind of like mentally fatigued. And, and we just took a, a decent walk. We had a meal a little while ago. So, I mean, you, just can't, you know how that is, right? So it's like, I want you to stay awake. Um, but also what's loaded into that is I want you to pray. And we see that come out in the language in the, in the verses following. But Jesus is like, hey, stay here. Stay awake. I want you to pray. And, and, then, and then we see Jesus begin to pray like he often does. But this time, it seems to be a little bit different because what we just discovered is Jesus is sorrowful. He's experiencing some kind of incredible sorrow, even to the point of death. Now, some of us may have flirted with times like this in our lives. Maybe you were just so sorrowful that you just... Man, I, I had one time in my life, this happened once in my life, and, and I, I, I know I wasn't going to stop breathing, I wasn't having a heart attack, I knew these things, but, but just the, the spiritual weight that I felt was like, oh, it is hard to breathe right now. I just feel, you know, there's just this sorrow, this weight, it was just tough, so, so perhaps some of us have felt that. This is what Jesus was feeling, except times probably about a million, okay? So, let's keep reading, verse 38. And going a little further, he fell on his face. And Jesus prayed, saying, My father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. So what's about to happen, this cup of of God's wrath, let it pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, as Jesus the Son, but as you will, as Father God, right? And he came to his disciples, and he found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, So could you not watch with me one hour? I mean, Jesus is like, this is a short prayer. I was only praying for an hour, <laughs> you know. Um, watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. He's like, Jesus. He's, he's like, Peter, wake up, man. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Peter, you're, 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 your body's weak. You're tired. I get it on a human level. But, man, you, you got you to gotta find a way. You got you to, gotta, you know, ask God, keep me awake. Right? Ask God, help, help, me to, help me to stay alert. Help me, to, help me to keep watch. Help me to stay awake. Help me to pray. Those things. So verse 42, again, for the second time, Jesus went away and he prayed. My father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, again, that, that, that cup of divine wrath, your will be done. And again, he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were heavy. So leaving them again, Right? Now Jesus goes off a third time. He went away and he prayed for the third time, saying the same words again. So what was he praying for over and over? He said, God, this is going to be bad. I want this cup to pass from me, but your will be done. Not mine, your will be done. Then he came to the disciples and said to them, Sleep and take your rest later on. All right? The hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise. Let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. And that's when, that's when Judas arrives kind of up this, this hill into the olive grove where they were. No surprise. How did Judas know where Jesus was going to be? Well, that was their, like we said, that was their hangout spot, okay? Like they had been there a bunch of times before. They had prayed together. They had have conversations there. I mean, this is, there was teachings that happened there, right? So Judas is like, nah, I bet you Jesus is, is in the hangout spot, okay? So, so Judas comes in at this point, right, when Jesus is done praying, and, and, and he comes with a, he arrives there with a bunch of Roman soldiers, and they've got torches, and, 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 and there they are, and now it's like, 
Now it's on, okay? In his prayer, though, like we said a second ago, we see Jesus asking three times for this cup to pass. This, once again, is the cup of God's divine wrath. So Jesus, we see, is really, really struggling. Why? Is it because he's not looking forward to the physical torture? Well, I don't think he was looking forward to the physical torture, but that's certainly not why he was in such deep anguish. Is he just dreading the emotional difficulty that's about to happen, right? The shepherd, Jesus himself, the son of man, is going to be struck and the sheep will scatter like all of his friends are going to leave him, all his followers are going to leave him. I mean, all the people who, who just a few hours before this were like, Hosanna, right? Palm Sunday, right? Hosanna, you know, we want to make you king. Right? Where are they? They've, they've gone. They don't want to be anywhere near this taking place. I mean, you can't even recognize Jesus after he's like, you know, beat up and, and, and abused, right? I don't, I mean, if I get too close, I might be a part of that, right? So, I mean, that, that, that has an emotional toll, doesn't it? Jesus wasn't looking forward to that, but that's not why he was in such deep anguish. Jesus is really struggling, and he's struggling spiritually because he knows what's going to take place. Luke shares with us that Jesus was under such stress and such anguish that he was sweating blood. All right? Blood from inside his body was coming out with his sweat from his pores. See, Jesus knows what the mission is. He's known the whole time, from before the time he was born. He's known that the mission is, hey, I'm being born to die. Consider, though, God's wrath. Paying for every sin. See, you know those times in life when you're just super sensitive to sin. You're like walking close with the Lord and you just step out of line a little bit and you're like, oh man, oh, that hurts. I'm sorry, God. You know? You know those times where you're kind of walking out of fellowship with God, maybe for a while, and you kind of callous yourself against all the stuff that you're doing. And you just kind of just kind of doing your own thing if you're honest. All those sins, the little ones, the medium ones, the big ones. Jesus paid for every single one. See, the cross demonstrates God's love for us, Romans 5, 8, right? That Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. But the wrath that the Father poured out onto the Son also demonstrates the severity of our sin. All right, so he's, he's like, why is he struggling? Why is he stressing out? Why is he anguishing? It's spiritually because he knows God's wrath, like beyond the physical, beyond the emotional. This is spiritual, like this is going to be really, really bad. By the way, Jesus was innocent, okay? And consider this too. The Godhead, right, the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, always does things together from the very beginning. Now, they have their different roles and stuff, but all three of them are present in creation, all right, all three of them present throughout Scripture. They're, they're always doing things together. Even during Jesus' earthly ministry, he's like, man, I'm, I'm just doing what, what my father told me, tells me to do. I'm just doing what my father shows me to do. Like, we're in this together. 
All right. He's 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 the coach kind of up there and, and I'm kind of like the player. But, man, we're on the same team. We're doing this together. OK, God, the Godhead always does things together. Until this. Remember, remember one of the things that Jesus cries out, Father, why have you forsaken me? Remember that? Jesus had to do this alone. He was separated from his father. He was not looking for it. This was a new thing that Jesus was about to experience, and he knew it was going to be horrible. See, you and I, when we're, when we're apart from God, I mean, remember back to before you received Jesus and you were saved, you, you didn't, didn't bother you. You didn't, know, you didn't know how bad you had it, right? Imagine going back to that time, though. Ooh, that would be, that'd be rough, huh? Jesus is not looking forward to doing this alone. In the prayer of Jesus, we see a couple things. I just want to highlight some things. We see, we see the truth, right? Jesus isn't under any misunderstanding. He isn't under any misconception, all right? He, he knows what's about to happen. He's not side-skirting. He, he knows, all right? So we see truth in Jesus' prayer. We see transparency. Jesus is wearing his heart on his sleeve. His disciples can see he's, he's well, before they fell asleep, they can see he's freaking out, okay, in a human sense. He's certainly being transparent with his father, right? He's, he's, not, he's not like hiding anything within his prayer. He's just like, Father, you know. You know all things. You, you know what's going on in here. I'm just going to verbalize it, all right? The things that you know already, I'm just going to. So you see that transparency. You see the stress and the struggle, right? We already talked about that anguish, that agony. You see surrender and you see submission, don't you? Father, not my will but your will, your will be done. Even though I'm dealing with all of this, I'm just, oh, this is going to be so, so just no one will ever be able to understand how difficult this is going to be. I'm about to go through something that not even my father is going to go through. (sighs) This is going to be hard. Yet we see that surrender and that submission. And then we see the immediate byproduct of that. God, I'm going to trust you in this. It's going to be rough. It's going to be bad. But I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you. Because I know you are on the other side of this trial. And trial just kind of like minimizes it, right? That's not even fair, but, but you know what I'm trying to say. And we see that trust. We see that resolve. Like after the praying and, and like just before the betraying, Jesus is like, I'm good. Like that tiny window. We, we, we just see the beginnings of that, right? I mean, it's not long. But we see when Jesus finally wakes him up, he's like, hey, sleep. Get your rest later because now the time of betrayal is upon us, right? Here, here's my betrayer. Here he comes. Here's Judas, you know? And like two seconds later, it's like right on his, his cheek, you know? And, it's, and then it's, he's arrested. And it's, I mean, it's, it's on, right? A long, long night for Jesus. And, and kind of the, the formal suffering begins, Right? But in between, like that tiny window, Jesus is good. He's found resolve. And he's trusting. He's not stressing anymore at that point. He's good. He's at peace. And he's laser focused on the mission at hand. You know, times of intense and intimate prayer can do that. You ever found that where you just, for whatever reason, I know I know we're not you know, it's not like we're, we're pretending, oh, I know what Jesus went through. We're, we're not saying that. that that's, that's absolute crazy. But you know those times have been really tough. And, 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 and I, I bet you a bunch of us have, have just, 
I mean, you, you get to certain points and you're like, I, I don't know what to do. You know, I have no, the more I think about this, the worse it gets. And you, you just driven to your knees by God's grace in prayer. And, and however short or long that time is of that intense, that intimate prayer, and you just come out of, out of that like, man, I know if God is with me, then I'm going to be all right. I'm going to be all right. This is going to be horrible. I know it's going to be horrible, but, but it's going to be all right. So Jesus, I mean, that, you, you, you see that. And, and here's, the, here's the funny thing. I just want to introduce this to us. If, if I mean, maybe we've never thought of this. But it kind of seems like, I mean, if you, if you, maybe you never looked through this lens, but it seems like the battle's over at that point, doesn't it? It seems like he's done praying, and it's like, okay, he's, he's, we, we don't get any indication that he's sweating drops of blood after that. We don't get any indication that he is deeply sorrowful after that. We don't see Jesus praying in this same way after that. I mean, he's like, the battle's over, you know? The battle was won in prayer. And it's not like Jesus is about to enjoy the suffering of the betrayal, the arrest, the trial, the suffering, the murder that's about to be done to him. All right, He's not going to enjoy those things. But after this point, we don't see him distressing anymore. Jesus was not looking forward to this, make no mistake, but he was looking forward to something, wasn't he? He was looking forward to the joy set before him. In Hebrews chapter 12, we, we learn a little bit about that. Jesus, I mean, let's, let's unpack that for a second. What was it? Okay, the joy set before him. That's, that's why Jesus endured the cross, okay? You know, and that's why he dealt with the shame, and he's looking forward to this joy. So what, what, what is that joy? Let's, let's unpack that. Let's, let's bring some substance and clarity to this joy that Jesus was looking forward to. Here's, here's a few things. This list is not exhaustive, so I know that we can make a longer list, but we don't want to go forever, all right? But, but here's, here's some things that Jesus was definitely looking forward to that brought him joy in the moment, but definitely a joy that was set before him. The mission was going to be complete. Did you know the Lamb of God was slain before the foundations of the world? God made that decision. God meaning the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They made this decision that, okay, things are about to go haywire, but Jesus, you're going to go and you're going to die for the sins of the world. Like a lamb, you're going to be led to the slaughter. You're not going to say anything, but you're going to, you're going to pay for the sins. You're, you're the lamb of God who takes away the sins. They, they had that plan and that mission. And now, right, we're almost there, like hours away. The mission was going to be complete. It's like, oh, that feels good when you get a big project done, right? That's a sliver of what we're talking about here. The mission was complete. Sin was paid for, right? So the actual quality of the mission, sin was paid for. Salvation would be secured for all who believed. Oh, there's so much there. I just want to talk about this so much. Um, you have to come to Good Friday services or check those out online, okay? There's, there's, there's more there. And we won't even have enough time there, but this, that's good. Salvation was secured for all who believe. There was a bride that Jesus won that day, okay? Imagine like the old days where you got to like fight for a bride. Or you know how animals like they, they you know, duke it out and with their horns and stuff and bite each other and all of that. That's terrible. I don't know why I'm going there. But the, Jesus won his bride, okay? He won his bride. He went to the cross, he died, and he won his bride, the church. Glory to God, this glorified the Father like crazy. And it still is glorifying. In the Father. I mean, Jesus scars like Every time an angel or a saint looks at his scars, and, and this is true now, it's true in the future, it's just going to be like, whoa, hallelujah, praise the Lord. It's just like, wow. It's glorifying to God. 
things, the universe, right? So more than just things, but the universe was wrecked, destroyed. This is how Jesus redeemed it. This is how Jesus has begun to restore a universe that was destroyed and wrecked. Restoration is assured, like it's going to happen. If Jesus didn't die on the cross, it's like, all right, the stuff that I read about in Revelation chapter 21 and 22, like, eh, it's not happening. But it's definitely happening because Jesus did what he did. All right, the suffering of God's wrath would be over. There's joy there, right? When you're going through, like, I mean, if you go to the dentist and you, you sit in the chair and they, and, they, and they give you, like, you know, a Novogaine shot or whatever they do now, or my, my daughter says, the sleepy sauce, okay? So they, they give you some of that. And, um, and, and imagine being there in the chair and be like, you know what? And I've had to do this before. Like, um, hey, Dr. Ross, uh, can you get a little more? I still kind of feel it, you know? And, and what, what if the dentist was to say, sorry, we just ran out, you know? Oh, sorry, you know, supply chain issues. We didn't get the shipment on time. So, you know, so it's like having to go through this, this pain, how, how wonderful, how, what joy there is on the other side of that, like the suffering's over. Woo! I mean, there's, 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 a, there's something there, right? So no doubt Jesus was kind of feeling some of that. There's this joy set before him. And then, and then check this out. This is, this is right out of Hebrews chapter 12. He was looking forward to the joy of sitting down at the right hand of his father. He's like, man, I'm going to sit next to my dad. I'm going to get back to where I should be. You know, it's going to be awesome. There's joy there. Right? And there's, and there's, like I said, there's so much more on this list. There's, there's celebration. There's, there's just eternity with the saints. I mean, there's just so much here, okay? In our sufferings for Christ, we must remember that there's joy. There's joy in the suffering. We know that from Scripture. We know that from experience if we're honest, if we're willing to see it, because we suffer not alone like Jesus did. Listen, this is an element. This is a quality of the good news. He suffered alone, but we don't suffer alone as Christians. See, God doesn't leave us. He doesn't say, you got this one by yourself, Bill. You know, they, they, that, that doesn't enter into the equation. We suffer with him. He is with us. We are not alone. So there's joy while suffering, but there's also this future joy, right? There's reward that we will receive from walking with Jesus, all right? There, there's glorifying God forever. I don't know what this will look like. I bet you Pastor Guy, Pastor Ra, I mean, like they could explain it maybe a little better. But there's some kind of like shining quality to saints forever, okay? Like, like I'm going to shine in a, with a certain radiance, and, and another believer is going to shine with a certain radiance, maybe more, maybe less. I mean, I don't know. That's up to God, right? But, but, but there's, there's joy in that. Like, I get to, in heaven forever, I get to look like, like, like shiny, and, and it's just going to like shine. The, I don't know if there'll be words, like every time you, you look over, kind of like in the cartoons when you see something shine, it's like, oh, I don't know if it'll be like that, but, but it Maybe it will be like that, and he'll say, like, Jesus is great, Jesus is great, Jesus is great. And, like, yeah, just everybody's just, like, this beautiful harmony, just people shining and hallelujah, all that. I don't know. But that's going to be cool, right? Glorifying God forever just through our shining, right, through our rewards, enjoying our rewards, maybe even casting some of them at Jesus' feet. Like, God, thank you for giving this to me. I just give it right back to you. That'll preach, all right? And then there's another one, like, reigning with him. There's a joy, like, like Jesus says in Scripture that we are going to rule and reign with Christ as saints. Like, wow, I don't know what that looks like. I can imagine maybe some of it, 
but I know it's going to be good. I'm looking forward to that. Like, oh, man. And those, those are important things to remember in our suffering, right? Because it's not always easy to follow Christ. There's personal suffering. There's suffering that happens from others around. I mean, there's just all types. There's, there's even government-induced uh, suffering on Christians in different parts of the world. And we're seeing some of that visit us in the United States. And it's probably not going to get any better. I hope it does, but, but probably not. Right? So it's like, man, we've got to remember this joy. All right. And, and here's, here's where I turn the corner. And I hope some of us are able to laugh at this. I know I am. None of that's what I actually wanted to talk about. So, <laughs> so I, I just thought that was amusing. But here's, here's, I was talking with a friend yesterday. Let me frame it like this. I was talking with a friend yesterday, and, uh, and he said, hey, you ever notice, and I'm, I'm switching the words a little bit, um, mostly because I can't remember what he said exactly, but you ever notice how in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus' disciples were invited to pray with him. And they didn't. So we get to pray with God. You and I are constantly being invited to pray with him. All the more during this Lenten, this Easter season, Did you know that Easter, I know you know this, right? I'm just bringing it to light. Did you know Easter, right, 2022, right? It's, it's, it's still, we're still in this, this semi-sweet spot of, like, people that don't normally go to church, they'll still come to church during Easter. Like, they haven't totally turned away from God yet as, as a culture, okay? I don't think Europe enjoys this anymore. I know the Middle East doesn't enjoy this anymore. I know much of the regions that some of the apostles reached in India don't enjoy this anymore in the ways they used to. We have this semi-sweet window that we were, we're still in. God's will for each child who's struggling at school or struggling at home, every adult who's living their life apart from their spouse, for example, or apart from God himself. God's will is that they would hear the good news of Jesus Christ this Easter. That they would return to God for the first time in a while, or that they would turn to God by receiving Jesus for the first time ever. We have the opportunity, right, for willing to stay awake, for willing to keep watch. We have the opportunity to pray with God when it comes to these things. That our neighbors, our friends, our family members would turn to him and enjoy the joy that God himself has for them. We've tasted and seen. We, we, we know this is not made up. There's, there's a, a special particular joy that God has for his saints, right? God made a way for them to praise him and glorify him forever. And that's what he desires for each one of us. So I want to invite us to pause and reflect today. It doesn't have to be this moment right now. It can be if you want. It could be later. 
could be when you're all alone, you're like, man, I know I'm going to cry, and I don't, I don't want to embarrass myself like Bill did a couple minutes ago. Okay, I just, like, just want to be somewhere by myself. Okay, so that might be your choice. But, but sometime today, pause and reflect and join Jesus in praying for God's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. Thanks for participating in Fox River's Pause for Lent podcast. Keep your eyes and ears open. Just keep your feelers, you know, going, your antennae. Keep them, like, bent forward and wiggling like those bugs that you find. You don't know what their name is, but they do that, okay? Keep your eyes and ears open for a Fox River podcast that's coming up in the very near future, hosted by yours truly. More to come on that. Um, but here's, here's my final words. I love you guys very much, and I know you love me. And uh, let's continue to walk with Jesus together. And um, many, many, many blessings to you, each of you, this Easter. Hope to see you guys this weekend. Peace.